everyone. Welcome to Life Guts, a podcast to help you overcome burnout and monotony and find real joy and life fulfillment. I'm Sienna. I'm a graduate student studying counseling psychology and an Akashic Records reader. I went from being uninspired by life and living on autopilot to uncovering my authentic self and purpose. I really hope to help you do the same. I'm so excited you're here, so let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome back. I hope you guys have all been doing splendidly. Um, Wanted to introduce something that I want to try to incorporate at the beginning of every episode. I've kind of been doing this, but it hasn't been so structured. And you know what? Something I am realizing about myself is that I like light structure, aka I like flexible structure. That's definitely there for me on days where I feel like I need it, but it can go with the flow, you know? And so (laughs) this is one of those. Um, I know I generally give you guys like a quick update on my week. Um, I want to start doing a rose and thorn of the week, which is kind of the equivalent of like a peak and a pit. Um, that's at least what my family called it, which is like the highlight and the low of, of your day, your week, whatever it may be. Um, generally, I think when I play with my family, my parents are very into that. Um, we do for the day, but I'm going to do it for the week since we get to talk once a week generally. So jumping right into it, let's start with the thorn. My thorn definitely is the fact that I got food poisoning over the weekend and it was pretty gnarly, okay? I've never had it before. It really knocked me to my feet. It really humbled me. I got humbled for sure. Um, But I do think that there was some good that came out of that. I think it made me realize that I had not been honoring my body and I had been acting kind of like totalitarian, meaning my body was giving me warning signs or my body tells me, you know, the foods that I'm sensitive to. And I would just say, well, I don't like that. I can't eat that. And so I'm going to eat it and just things like that. And I've been doing that for months, just not listening to cues, not being connected and just trying to be like force mind over matter. And I think this experience really taught me that I'm working in partnership with my body and I do myself a disservice when I don't listen to its cues because yeah, I think really this weekend when, when I think I got it from a bad piece of chicken, um, I think my body was just like, look, gal, you have not been listening. So we're going to take a little break. You can sort this one out and we'll see you soon. And I got the message. I get it. Now I feel rejuvenated. I do feel like I got like a clean slate. And I'm ready to really put a lot of time and effort into healing my body and treating it with respect and care because that's not something I've done, I think, ever in my life. I either eat, I'm either very, very unhealthy, whether that be like lifestyle, eating habits, etc. Or I I swing too far the other way and I'm very controlling with what I eat, um... And that has led to other issues too. I've just never been very kind with my body. So I want to heal my relationship with my body and I want to work in partnership with it. So even though that's a thorn, you know me, I like to try and look for the silver lining as much as I can. 
So I think for me, that silver lining is um, just this new opportunity to grow and, you know, love my body and work in partnership with it a little bit more. And then my rose is I do feel like I am turning a page in a new chapter. I have been feeling kind of stuck or stagnant for quite some time. I'm going to actually honestly say most of 2021. I just, it's not been my jam. (laughs) I just felt like nothing was really progressing and I felt just stuck or in a funk. And I think I'm finally getting over that. I think, and a big breakthrough or something that I've been like really thinking through that I think lines up with that is this idea that, and I've definitely talked about it before, but this idea that having faith really means relinquishing control. And I know I've talked about it before, but I don't know if it's really 100% fully set in to my bones (laughs) as it has recently. I have a lot of dreams, I have a lot of goals, and I think, I, I love my ambition. I love that I have ambition. But I think sometimes I allow my ambition to control me and to take the fun out of things and makes me second guess myself or second guess things that I post, whether that be something on social media or whether that be a podcast episode. I was getting to the point where instead of just speaking from the heart, I was speaking with an end goal in mind, with a result in mind. Whether that be I wanted people to take take certain things away from what the things that I said, or I wanted a certain amount of people to interact with, you know, the episode, the post, whatever. And I wasn't allowing my joy to lead me. Meaning I didn't have faith that I would be guided in the right direction if I just continued to choose joy. And I think for me, my definition of faith is just to follow my joy and know that I will end up in the most remarkable place that is perfect for me. And it'll end up being exactly where I wanted to be, even if I wasn't conscious of that desire to begin with. That's my definition of faith. And so I've been leaning into that and just with that, I've decided that I'm just going to live my whole life as an opportunity for self-expression. I want everything I do. I want everything I post to just be me expressing myself, sharing of myself and having, again, faith that the right people will connect with it, take something from it. And there's going to be so many people who don't and that that's okay The focus for me is about sharing what I'm learning, sharing what I'm loving, sharing of myself. I can't control the outcome. I can't control how it's going to be received. So I've just kind of decided that my whole life, I'm just going to live it now from the way I post online, from the podcast episodes, from the way I interview, from the way I dress and talk. It's going to embody the freedom I felt when I was deep in my Tumblr phase. And I think this is the second episode where I've talked about my Tumblr because I did, I am going to be posting a video where I go back and read some of like the cringy (laughs) Tumblr posts. But I do think that I felt such a freedom with Tumblr and in my self-expression because I 
had this blog where I just shared without any expectation. I wasn't expecting anything. It was just a safe place for me to post cool pictures, to write, you know, corny poetry, to share how I've been feeling. Um, And that's what I just want. That's what I want my life to be. I just want to share openly and honestly and who cares about the rest? I can't control it. And I'm just going to really lean in, lean into the joy, lean into the faith. So that's been a big rose for me. Would love to hear your guys's. So please be sure to reach out to me. And that's really it for me. Um, it is kind of funny though, because so we have a guest on today for, I schedule guests out generally a few weeks in advance. Um, and it's funny how by the time that guest like the date comes where I'm going to be interviewing that guest comes that I'm I always somehow happen to be working through something that that guest is an expert on and and earlier I talked about how I'm really trying to foster this mind body connection and that is exactly what Rory Adele does. Rory is a pleasure and power coach whose mission in life is to help women reconnect to their bodies so they can experience more confidence, purpose, and aliveness within. I had a really fun conversation with her and she included a freebie for the listeners, so that will be included in the description. And then I did want to make a correction Towards the end of the episode, she talks about this workshop that she has coming up, and I just wanted to correct the dates. Um, the Feminine Frequency event will be, virtual event, will be April 9th through the 11th. So just keep that in mind as you are listening to the episode. But that is all I have, and I hope you guys enjoy. Hi, Rory. Thank you so much for joining us. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Um, To everybody who's listening, uh, Rory looks radiant today. That is the word I'm going to use. She is glowing and I'm just so excited. So Rory, tell me a little bit about being a power, power and pleasure coach. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I kind of coined the term one day because I feel it encapsulates what I do. I'm a women empowerment coach and an embodiment coach, and I live for pleasure. And I think pleasure is such an important piece of being a woman or just being a human in general. But essentially what I really love doing is reconnecting women back into their bodies so that they can feel alive, radiant, like sexy and confident in their own being. Yeah, I love that. I think for most women and me included, sexiness, especially that's, that's a word that kind of lit up inside me. That's a really hard word to claim. Like for me, even saying it is very uncomfortable. Um, And I wonder if that is just like a part of our conditioning as women, that it's really hard for us to claim that. Has that been your experience with the women you've worked with? Yeah. And I love that you're bringing this up because I think the term sexiness has a lot of imagery painted around society and culture 
and what a female body should look like in order to be deemed sexy. So it has this like energy to it that Mm -hmm. we all kind of like feel into. And I think it's often the shadow aspect of sexiness Mm -hmm. that we see. Mm -hmm. But my definition of sexiness is just being in your body and feeling yourself and just like loving where you're at, whether you're wearing sweats on the couch, eating a pint of ice cream, or you're in a cute dress or like you're in between wearing a jacket, like anything can be sexy. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I do think like confidence is sexy, right? Like that's a huge part of it too. And I think um, recently and kind of in preparation for our conversation, I've been noticing um, just like the power that women um, emanate when they are like very comfortable with themselves inside and out. And so I just think like the work that you're doing is so incredible. Do you mind giving us a little more information of what your work actually you know, looks like and what it entails? Yeah, I love what you just said, because I really think that's the embodiment piece, confidence and feeling it in your body. And so what I do is I, it really depends on who, who's coming to me and what they want to work on, but essentially I'm an embodiment coach. So I'm really going deep into the body, going into the body and mind Mm -hmm. and creating more cohesiveness between the two, because oftentimes they're on total different timelines. Mm. And when we go into the body, we find just a lot of stuck energy, memories, emotions that are suppressed and that haven't been felt before. So a lot of it is actually like bringing all those things up to the surface to be looked at and to be loved and to be healed in order to redefine what you want, what you really desire. And if that's sexiness, it's like really, really like digging up all the stuff that you believe about sexiness and then redefining what it is to you. Just one example. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think, you know, you hit on having to look at the parts of you that maybe um, are harder to look at and reclaiming those in order to embody this confidence, um, which, you know, tells me that you yourself have gone through this type of work. So do you mind telling me just a little bit about your like origin story, how you got into it? Yeah, it's so funny when people ask me this because it's not like one defining moment. Mm -hmm. But when I look back at my whole life, I had such an aliveness to me when I was young and I was just this really confident, wild, like sassy little girl. And then as I got into middle school and high school, I gained a bunch of weight and I was this Mm -hmm. overweight girl who became very shut down and self-conscious. And, and then I, from that time, really through college defined myself as someone who wasn't beautiful, wasn't good enough, wasn't worthy. And my confidence just completely tanked. Mm. And it wasn't until maybe 2015 where I really started to realize like how disconnected I was from my body and from my, like my sexual essence, my feminine essence. And I really started to do some holistic healing around there. Mm. And it kind of just spiraled into like one thing after the other. One of the first things I ever did was buy a jade egg. And it's, that's another story which we can share about, but um, essentially I had just purchased it and I wasn't even using it the correct Mm -hmm. way. 
oh, wow. for like a few years, but that was one of the main defining points towards really stepping into owning my sexuality and reclaiming it and redefining what it meant to me. Yeah, that's so funny that you mentioned the jade egg. For some reason, and I think I mentioned this to you offline, but for some reason, it keeps coming up for me. Not for some, not for for some reason. You know, everything has a has a divine reason. But um, tell me, I know nothing about it, not a single thing. Do you mind telling me a little bit about what a jade egg is, what it does, the benefits, etc.? Yeah. Okay. So at the basic level. Jade egg is from the Taoist tradition from ancient Chinese medicine. And essentially it's a spiritual practice to really bring you into wholeness and healing within and using sexual energy to really amplify your life, your relationship to your body, and basically to upkeep a woman's spiritual health. Mm -hmm. And the jade egg has gotten a lot of, like mis misinformation around it. Mm -hmm. Some women associate it with just doing Kegels, but I see the Jade egg as like yoga. It's a practice Mm -hmm. much more than just stretching as yoga is much more than stretching. And Jade egg is much more than a Kegel exercise. Mm -hmm. So what you essentially do, it really helps women reconnect to their bodies It helps women have more awareness and focus like in their sensations around their pelvic area. And the benefits are, are really, really like vast and wide and really amazing. Um, Some of those include like the emotional wellness that happens with it. So a huge part of that is really releasing shame, guilt, trauma from the body having better orgasms as a, as a, um, as a result Mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. And on the physical way, on the physical level, there's also so much that they can help heal. The jade egg can also heal. And some of that includes prolapse, incontinence, yeast infections, chronic yeast infections, um, PCOS, which is actually something that I had and, yeah, it can really help on so many different levels. So it depends on where the person is at. What are some like warning signs for women who that you have noticed maybe in your clients or in yourself and as part of your journey, how do you know? How can you tell when you feel disconnected from your mind and body? Because I know for me personally, it took me a while. I just knew that I was unhappy with my life. I knew I wasn't... Um, shining as bright as I wanted to, but I never, it took me a long time before I realized that, oh, I'm actually just disconnected from my true self. Yeah. Great question. And I think so many women are disconnected without realizing it. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned some great indicators. So feeling there's no sparkle inside of you, or, you know, you're kind of just like flatlined walking around the world, everything seems fine. Like you have a good job, you have great friends, you have an amazing family, or you have all these things in the physical world, but yet you're still feeling depleted or maybe run down, overburdened. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I, I had for myself was adrenal fatigue and stress. Mm-hmm. And stress can be a really, really tricky low key thing that is in our bodies. And when, when people aren't tuning into themselves, Mm -hmm. that's also an indication of something that you're avoiding. Mm -hmm. 
which could also lead to like more um more of an understanding of like what's going on for you what are you what what are you what's going on in your body mm-hmm. that you're not really looking at if that makes sense yeah what would you say are like some of the first steps that somebody could take to start doing um, this type of work. So obviously they should reach out to you because <laughs> you can give them personalized help. But if somebody is just wanting to like dip their toe into this embodiment and mind body connection, where would you kind of have them start? Yeah. So, I mean, it really, that's such a great broad question because everyone kind of has their own place of where they're at in their own body. But for myself, most of my clients and I, I really help them get into their sensations, Mm -hmm. into presence inside of their bodies. So really tuning into the sensations that they feel in their body, Mm -hmm. um, tapping into, into smell or taste or sight or touch allowing yourself to really drop in and slow down is a really, really amazing practice to kind of just get you in to your body. And then I would recommend for a lot of women, I also think a great starting point is just moving your body. So whether that's shaking your body or dancing to a fun song, allowing yourself to really like move some of the energy that has been just like dormant inside of you can be a really great way to start to like activate those things. Yeah. Um, I, so I actually did a workshop with Rory around the time around Valentine's day, right. It was right around that time. Um, and I, will let you get into the specifics about it, but that honestly, and I don't think I've told you this, um, has had lasting effects for me. Um, do you want to explain it a little bit, what you did and what the like, um, theme of it was, and then I can tell you what I took away from it. Yeah. So that was the be your own best lover workshop. And essentially we just took, I took the women through being their own lover Mm -hmm. and it was a really fun practice of just guiding them through what would it be like to be your own best lover? Like, who is that woman? Who is that? Like, what is she wearing? What is she feeling? And then embodying it. So guiding them through a practice of dropping into their body and touching their body, how they would, if they were their own best lover. And um, yeah, then a breast massage was incorporated in that and allowing yourself to really release any emotions that were coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was in full honesty at first, when, once it was like time for us to do like the massage part of it, I was like, okay, can I do this? Like, this is like a big leap for me. And it wasn't like we were doing it in front of each other. Like, we know, everybody turned their cameras off and it was very like on your own basically. Um, but it was a huge, um, comfort zone push for me. Mm-hmm. And I loved it though. Like after like the first five minutes of like getting warmed up, like, is this, you know, how's this going to go? Um, I was like dancing in my room to the music. You had a great playlist. I've been meaning to ask you to share that playlist. (laughs) Um, but the lasting effect it's really had is yeah. Like just the importance of really feeling whole and complete within your own body. And, um, like for me, I know I keep coming back to this, but like owning that word sexy has been a really big thing for me. Um, 
And so now I've been practicing like dancing on my own and just getting into tune with my body. So I loved that workshop. Thank you so much for, for doing that. That was such a great experience. Oh my gosh. That was such a pleasure to hold. And I love hearing your experience of it. And I know there's so many women out there that feel similar to you where it's like really uncomfortable and something really new. And it's just interesting too, how we have so much trepidation to like connecting to our own bodies. Mm -hmm. I have this really fun um, example of imagining that your body was a friend Mm -hmm. and it's like, this friend is always with you Mm -hmm. and we like this friend, but then behind its back, we're always talking crap about it, or we're actually like disowning it. And we're just being really mean and harsh to this friend, Mm -hmm. to your body. And it's like, what kind of relationship is that? If that was a, a real person, would they still be sticking around and how, like, that's not a nourishing relationship mm-hmm. and really figuring out like how we relate to our own bodies can, can really bring in more of that connection and just more love and acceptance for exactly where we're at. Yeah. And I think the last thing you just said, in order to like have the right people in your life, like the right romantic partner, even like the right friends in your life, you need to have that like innate respect and um yeah like that respect for yourself in order to attract like the right type of people within your life so I think it has I mean obviously this work has so many benefits outside of just your own you know has a ripple effect um but one thing I would like want to hear a little bit more about is okay so you post I love your Instagram you have so much information you have the cutest pictures how long and what was like your process of being able to like really embody this type of work until you got to the point where you're like, okay, not only do I feel confident in my body most days, cause I'm sure like anybody, you still have days where you're like, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, but where you were able to recognize that, Hey, like this is the work that I want to now, you know, do for others. Yeah. I definitely have days of still not feeling beautiful, mm-hmm. but they, um, they come fewer and fewer and I can hold myself so much stronger in those moments. But I think the moment I really started understanding that this is what I wanted to share with the world was I was on this self-love journey. I honestly feel like I've been on the self-love journey since I was young, like really. So it's been years, (laughs) but um, I think one of the moments that I knew that I was ready to like start embodying this more and more and share it with the world was I started doing yoga naked when I lived in Australia and I would do it in front of the mirror and like really find acceptance and beauty in what I saw. And that was a really, really defining moment for me of being like, okay, wow. Like my thoughts are actually shifting here. Like I actually feel and see myself differently Mm-hmm. which was a huge sign for me, like that growth had occurred and healing had occurred. And um, I actually hosted a nude yoga workshop, I think a year and a half ago, which okay. was really, really profound too. Um, but yeah, like, I think that was one of the defining moments when I realized, You're like, this is powerful. <laughs> this is powerful. This 
that so many women need this medicine and like I don't know it just felt like I was chosen like this is what I need to yeah. do yeah it just felt like you had to do it almost yeah yeah what would you say is one of the more like common limiting beliefs or struggles that you see um, women come to you with mm-hmm. a lot of women have underlying unworthiness and that filtrates out into so many different aspects but at the baseline it's a lot of unworthiness a lot of um, not feeling safe in their body mm-hmm. a lot of not feeling like feeling the fear of not belonging mm-hmm. and feeling like we have to make up for that and people please Mm-hmm. Or we have to look a certain way in order to be loved. Yeah. The not being safe, that's really interesting. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what that what that might feel like for somebody? Yeah, that okay, so that can show up in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. But essentially, it's not feeling safe to be ourselves. Mm-hmm. And especially with sexuality, it's often not honoring our boundaries Mm -hmm. or sleeping with someone when we actually don't want to Mm -hmm. and not feeling safe to be sexy. Like we have Mm -hmm. talked about before, like that is a huge thing for women because it comes with so much danger in the world. And we, we as women have been told that being sexy is dangerous and it's bad and it's wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of that that filters into feeling unsafe. Mm-hmm. And women have been exploited. Our bodies have been exploited for so long. So all of these fears are so valid. Mm-hmm. And there is some truth to it. But on another extent, it's like not every sexual experience is unsafe and not every man is unsafe. And the world is not always unsafe, but it can feel like that to many, many people. Mm-hmm. And the more confident and embodied you feel, right? Things like you, you might feel more empowered to say, Hey, like, I'm not into this. Just, you feel more in control of your sex life. And I think, um, yeah, for a lot of people, and I think for myself included, I think I always played more of a passive role in, um, in like any type of like sexual relationship and without even talking about sex, I think I've also played like a passive role in my relationship with my body, it was like, I let everybody else decide, you know, am I, if I was skinny, if I was pretty, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And the list goes on and on. And I think that there is something, I think it is completely life-changing to get to the point where you're able to say, I think that I'm beautiful. I think I'm worthy. And because I'm so sure of that, that it doesn't matter what you think. Yeah. And I think what it comes down to is validating ourselves, validating our experiences, validating our body and feeling and knowing that our, our beauty, our uniqueness, it's one of a kind. There's no other person in the world like you and body love and self-love is just such a foundational core of having an empowered sexuality, having an empowered relationship to the rest of your life. And 
it's something that women really, really are missing. I mean, so many women don't even know their own anatomy. Yeah. And that is also a huge piece of empowerment. It's like education is so empowering. We need education around our sexuality, around our bodies. I'm actually thinking of creating a container for women and to really teach them about all the magical spots in their body (laughs) that they don't know about, like the cervix or the G-spot or just our our vagina in general like it's such a mystery to so many women yeah how did you um what have been some of like your favorite like resources or teachers on any of these subjects oh yeah so my teacher is Layla Martin she has amazing YouTube videos if you ever want to learn about sacred sexuality check her out Um, I also love learning from some of my mentors such as um, a beautiful woman named Miriam. She actually is a yoni mapping specialist. So that's a whole other thing. But um, one of, yeah, a great teacher to learn about the armoring, the yoni. Um, Do you follow, her name is Ashay? Ashay, yes, I I follow her. Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, she's been inspiring to me recently because of she's very into like, body like moving dancing and feeling connected with your body in that way um which is actually I don't know if you've noticed I feel like it's kind of a trend right now on on Instagram people are really stepping into that (laughs) yeah and that's also embodiment work it's feeling Mm -hmm. a sensation or feeling a block inside of you Mm -hmm. and moving it through whether that's dance hitting something sounding it you know like really using your body to express because it's a channel And it has so like the wisdom is inside. Once you clear the blocks, it's like you are that much more connected to your power center. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. I think I have a lot of blockages around feeling things. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a recent thing, a recent development that I have. I'm trying to work through. But yeah, I always say um, it feels like there is I'm like living life sometimes like through a veil where it's like, I can see things, I can kind of feel it, but I'm not getting the whole effect. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I totally, totally, totally uh, relate with that. Um, Maybe I need to sign up, (laughs) sign up for some of your coaching, (laughs) getting all these little zaps over here. Um, What would you, yeah, like let's go going with that. Like, what would you say to somebody? Like, what can I do? What would you say to me? Yeah. Great question. And I think this can be helpful for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So you're mentioning that you feel something, but you also feel like you're kind of distant from it. Mm -hmm. So at the base of everything is safety. So a lot of the reason why we actually don't access more sensation or feeling is because maybe we didn't feel safe to in the past, or maybe we had a traumatic experience that is blocking us. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is really safety feeling safe in your body. And you can do that either by finding physical safety, by like looking around the room and knowing that you are in a room with four walls and the door is closed and you're safe. And then you can go even deeper into finding like emotional safety. So for example, if you're feeling like constriction in your chest or something, you can stay with the sensation by 
just experiencing it, not mm -hmm. creating any story around it, not trying to figure out why it's there, not having a judgment about it, which is something that I have had a like a journey through the judgment journey is, is a real Being one. Being a critic, right? Yes, <laughs> very active and alive. Um, but yeah, just being with the sensation and breathing, like really connecting to your breath, telling yourself you are safe to feel. Mm -hmm. I love that, that step in particular, because I think sometimes I partake in my own like spiritual bypassing where I just try to tell myself, oh, I don't really feel like that. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's going according to plan over here, even though I know at like the deepest part of me, like it's not. And that I think when you ignore or you try to like put a bandaid over it, you're just kind of making it worse. It's just festering under the surface. So yeah, I really appreciate that you kind of called that out because it is okay to feel negative emotion. I think sometimes people feel like you have to hide negative emotions. Yeah. And there is no, I really don't believe there's anything that's negative or positive. Mm. Motion is just energy in motion. It's yeah. just a sensation. Mm, I like but that. It's yeah, it's a neutral feeling. It's a neutral sensation. And we attach these stories to it. We attach these connotations to it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that is from society at large. I mean, this is so deeply ingrained. It's not like you can just be like, okay, I feel sad. Oh, it's not anything bad. Right. And just switch all of a sudden. But, you know, with consistency and patience and compassion for yourself, compassion is so huge in this, in this journey of feeling. Mm -hmm. And something that can also really be helpful is just imagining the little person inside of you, your inner child. Mm -hmm. How would you speak to that? that person. Yeah. And really holding yourself because there is a, probably a scared little girl inside of both of us mm -hmm. that we really need to hold and like really hold her and tell her she is safe and kind of reparent her in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I I've done a little bit of inner child work kind of off and on. And I do think it's very powerful. Um, and it's going back to what you were saying. It's about, um, allowing those like repressed emotions and maybe even memories, allowing them to come to the light so that you can work through them and um, kind of not overcome them, but allow them to help mold you into this newer version of you, if that makes sense. So yeah, you're integrating, integrating, good word. <laughs> so Rory, before I let you go, tell me a little bit about what you are currently working on. I know you like to do a lot of workshops. I love your workshops. Um, you're in, I love that you, you also partner up with a lot of other people who um, work at, in this you know, similar field. Um, so yeah, tell me a little bit about what, you've, what you're working on or what you're working through personally. Yeah, so I feel like I'm in a huge kind of like rebirth stage mm, I love that. With spring it feels like there's just a lot of newness coming in and letting myself transform and change mm. so on a yeah. personal level and a business level so I'm really interested in incorporating more jade egg into my practice because okay. I have been training lately for that amazing 
And um, yeah, I love collaborating with women and I actually have um, a really fun, exciting event called Feminine Frequency coming up Mm. with four other, three other women that will be so amazing. It's all about tapping into your sensual essence, Mm. your feminine movement, your sensual movement. And um, yeah, it'll be kind of like a weekend virtual retreat. Oh, that's so exciting. When is that? That is April 7th through the 9th. April 7th through the 9th. Okay. I will include all of Rory's information. So in case you're interested, you guys should definitely check it out. Um, but Rory, thank you so, so, so much for coming on. You, like I said, you got, you gave me some things I'm going to have to work through for sure, <laughs> but I do really appreciate you. And I appreciate the work that you're doing. I think it's hard for a woman to claim her sexuality in general, but I think it's even harder to very publicly claim it and make it a part of your life calling. So I do commend you for everything you do. Oh, thank you so much. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and found it helpful. If so, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review. This helps the podcast gain traction, which in turn helps us spread our mission of purpose and authenticity. Not to mention just how much it would light me up inside. Thank you so much. And I will be back soon with another episode. Bye friends.